0: This is a conversation with Dries Lombard. And so I I, want to really take this concept of strength-based teams for a test run and see how far does that concept go. And um, I want to really appeal to your maximizer to to run wild and see how can you take this and see all the potential in it. And the, the kind of thought I have is last time we mostly talked about there is an existing team. And then coming into that team structure, how can we use the model of strengths and seeing different people's talents and what's right with them to improve on a team structure? And my, my focus today would actually be, what if there isn't a team yet, but you want to build a company, you want to build a team. And rather than looking at it through the, classic oh these are the positions you look at it through yes i have these positions to fill but more importantly i want people who fit as a team and who actually have different strengths what if what if we start from that assumption and actually try to build our team with strengths with talents in mind that would be the thing i would love to think about okay okay sounds good sounds good okay So,
1: so yeah, let me, let me kick it off then. Um, I think an important part to understand when you, um, when you put together a team, uh, must be the, uh, the objective or the goal or the vision of the team that that, the reason Mm -hmm. why, 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 and for what purpose does this team exist? So what's the mission? Uh, you know what's the reason? What's the objectives? Mm-hmm. And out of that, um, all the details that that comes out of it, you know, is it uh, a, a task team that will be temporary? Is it a long longer based permanent start of team, etc.? Um, so those are all the strategic elements that that should <clears throat> and always will. Um, be the, the the first step of of getting together people and forming a aligned team with them uh, then from from there um, even if we talk about a strength-based approach uh, the, the strengths and talents will not be the first thing to consider um, the first thing to consider after, of course, uh, the, the reason for the team's existence would be the classic aspects of uh, knowledge, skill, and experience. So what's the, what's the specific skills I need? What must people be able to do? uh what's the knowledge i need and what experience do i need you you start with that first that is the classic way of employment so you start within the classic employment and recruitment framework nothing wrong with that because um you want to get skills involved and you want to get experience if you can and knowledge uh if if you have a different framework that, for instance, what you often get in in family or friend-based businesses, in an entrepreneurial setting where I don't recruit. I have what uh, what is bonded together by family or friendship, and out of that we will all learn, and we we are motivated through other reasons. We motivated by a business opportunity, or we're motivated by this, and what brings us together is relationships, uh, then the knowledge, skill, experience won't be the the classic drive, but the relationships will be what brings us together. And then you must still consider what skills, knowledge, and experience, do we have that align with this opportunity or this team? And if we don't have it all, who is going to acquire which skills and who's gonna get the knowledge that's needed all right so the no matter if you if you look at a recruitment model or if you look at the entrepreneurial model you will always start with the needed knowledge skill and experience that people bring in with okay Mm -hmm. so um that that being uh, being said and done, if you then have a strength based approach, um, you have in either of the approaches, you have people together that is' then not recruited on on their strengths, but will be applied or placed in terms of their strengths. They will it will be an and more of an applic- strength-based application and strength-based involvement, and um, and 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 that that is the right way to do it. Um, Strength Finder, the Clifton Strengths by Gallup, and and Gallup feels very strongly about this, and, and I, I fully s- obviously support what they feel about this. They Strength Finder is not a uh, a recruitment tool. You don't take it and go recruit people. Uh, in terms of of their strengths, okay, uh, you recruit them on knowledge, skill, and experience, um, and and you look at those other. And there's there's many reasons uh, for this, uh, but it's the main the main reason is if you if you use strengths, if you use the tool as a recruitment, only people who really do not understand the intricacy and the complexity and the uniqueness of the tool will use it in that way. Because they will think if I recruit an achiever, then the work will be done. If I re- uh, recruit an analytical, then the analyzing will be done, etc. They disregard the importance of dynamics and they disregard that talents only become strengths within knowledge, skill, and experience. That's how it becomes a strength. Otherwise it's just potential
0: so this is also where i see a very big overlap with um cognitive science and uh, especially one of the things i've looked in quite deeply is the learning theories of cognitive science which um, challenge a lot of uh, widely held assumptions of the education uh, business because um, the cognitive science gets And through time seems to get more and more and more um, emphasizing, that's not a perfect sentence there, but they emphasize more and more uh, the context dependency of skill, knowledge and ability. So that you always gain skill, knowledge and ability in a certain context. And you cannot abstract things like critical thinking from the knowledge skills and abilities you have you will only be able to do to use your your critical thinking skills in the fields where you have enough knowledge to actually understand the concepts to understand the intricacies you will only be able to use your critical thinking when you have the skills needed to do the tasks so just because i'm very good at critically analyzing philosophy i will not be very good at critically analyzing chemistry papers, because I'm lacking the contextual understanding and uh, and skills. So the context dependency is absolutely important.
1: Absolutely. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. that. So um, you take that into account and uh, and then you have a selection of of people, a group of people or a team that you that you need to work with okay at that stage it becomes relevant important and very useful to assess their natural talents and look at a strengths profile all right Mm -hmm. um and when you do that again (laughs) it's very important to to either be or become uh, really competent and knowledgeable about the dynamics and and the tool and how to use it or to, to get someone that can assist you, a coach or a consultant that can help you in that. Um, otherwise, uh, you will look at it mechanically and not organically. Mm-hmm. And the approach of any team should be an organic approach, a dynamic approach. What what does that mean to you? Um, So, what I mean with that is a a mechanical approach would be based on things like uh, a profile sequence and profile definitions only, and a, a very structured methodological process of interlinking talents and seeing what it means. An organic approach would be open to uh, dynamic interaction between different talents. It will be open to environmental influence. It will be open to personality types. It will be open to uh, uh, things like social intelligence, emotional intelligence, knowledge, skill, experience. You take it all into account. Um, It will be open to values of individuals. What do they value? all right. Um, And the power of this organic approach within a a real strength based approach is that it's built and founded on positive psychology. So it is not excluding of people, it's inclusive. Mm -hmm. So you look at what you have, what's available and you make the absolute best of what is available all right so um, that's why you you should distinguish in a team then between position and role now let me explain what i mean with position and role position would be typically what you are paid to do, um, and what's your job? Uh, your job description, and what's your level of authority? So it will be structured. There will be an agreement within it. There will be an output, a performance clause linked to it. There will be a dependability on certain things that you bring, and there will be an expectation on certain things. So a position is, in the in in metaphor of a sports team, positions are linked to the number on your back. Mm-hmm. And that comes with a name, and that comes with a, a specific function that is team based and that that clearly indicates uh, your pl- your placement where you are and what's expected of you to do when will you be called upon and when will you be expected to stand back what's your responsibility okay it's all to do with your position
0: so this I don't know if you've ever looked at at uh, the holacracy approach. Um, Not familiar. No. Um, quite an interesting one. I imagine you you might get a kick out of that one because it's it's very very uh, visionary in how it structures companies. It's basically a uh, a very detailed process for how companies can be built in a non-hierarchical yet clearly yet non uh, chaotic way it's a very structured process but it's but it's built on a different structure it's built on holacracy so everything is a whole and there are different they call them roles but what they talk about are what you call positions Um, yeah. but that the roles are fluidly defined and that actually you will um through trying to execute your in your words, position as well as possible, you will figure out this is where I run into problems again and again. So yeah. I need to redefine my position and redefine my responsibility, but also my, uh, my. they always say responsibility has to go together with um, authority. So I can only be fully responsible for something if I have the authority to make the decision to act wherever I am dependent on somebody else to agree, I, am, I cannot be fully responsible because I'm always dependent on them. So they yeah. will get very clear on who has what responsibilities and what authorities in the company, and thus yeah. taking some of the uh, top-down uh, top approach out of it because they will make sure, okay, this position that may be on the third level of a classical hierarchy still has these decisions they can make on, them on their own. And everything else is then the responsibility of the higher up but yeah. so it gets really clear on whose job is what where do they have in where do they have say and where they do they not so they define all of that very very intricately
1: yeah that that sounds exactly in line with 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 what i'm what i'm explaining here um exactly that um so so the the difference between those positions, and then the strength based roles would come in that uh, a position is broadly based on, as I said, knowledge, skill, experience, whereas a role would be based on energy and need. Mm -hmm. What's your drive? What's your energy? And what's your need? What? So it's the difference between the concepts of ability and sustainability Mm -hmm. and and in general terms people out there uh, associate a strength with ability if you have a general interview with someone and you ask them tell me a bit more of your about your strengths they will say well I'm, I'm very good with computers, um, I can, you know, I can really lead a, a team well, etc. Now, those are skills and experience and knowledge that gives you that ability. What we're looking at from this approach is not ability, but sustainability. So, what makes you last? What makes you stronger as you do it? And what do you need? either intellectually or emotionally or physically that engages you more and more and that brings your energy forth and makes you more uh, engaging and energized while you do it. Now now that comes with roles, the role you play within the position. And that's important um, because people think, uh, well, I I can't just, Disregard a position. No, no, it's it's not. I'm not talking either or. I'm talking both and. It's an integrated model. It's it's an alignment. It's a synergy between it. So, if you if you look at that, a way that I explain it to people is, um, I will ask you, explain to me your job description and what you get paid to do, and then they will do that. And then I tell them, okay, now if we're going to talk about how you apply your talents and strengths, it's important that you commit first to do your job. Are you willing to commit to do your job? What you get paid to do? If you don't commit to doing your job, you're in the wrong position. We must relook your position. Um, But if you're saying yes, I I love my my job, I love my position. um, And I will definitely do that. I'll keep on being a salesperson, I'll keep on being an administrator, I'll be a manager, I'll do my job, I'll give okay, now, now we're ready to look at sustainability. And that moves from the what you do, to the how you do it. Mm -hmm. And the how you do it, is based on your energy and your need and your natural inclination with, within a team or a collaborative partnership. All right. Um, so if you if you take this approach, it means that um, you can take any, any drive behind any position there is, any vocation there is. You can take a, 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 a car mechanic. And if you, take, um, if you take five of them, and you assess their strengths, they will all have different strengths, different energy and motivations that make them do that. If you take a, a medical surgeon, if you take a politician, whatever, um, what they do is one thing, why they do it, and what sustains them is a different case, and that's what you want to to tap into, where where does the f- fuel originate? Where does the energy come from? And that transitions into a typical uh, role that you play, and that you're willing. And this is where where a strength-based teams team become organic. That the the team, and especially the leader or leaders, must be willing for people. To function in a flexible, agile way within a specific position. Mm-hmm. So they must be willing that people do their job and more. Okay. Now, if you if you tell a manager, it's interesting how how the mindset of managers works. If you tell them um, I want I want you to think about your people as being doing their job and something else they go no if i tell them if i change my wording i want them to do their job and something more they go yes <laughs> <laughs> because yes i want everyone to do more okay which
0: which, which uh, comes down to a principle i heard leader of a quite big company talk about in an interview that he where he was saying, um, every structure from the managerial side has a tendency to move towards more and more and more rigidity. Because the more rigidity, the more controlled everything is. So you, yes. you need to figure out how to maintain a certain amount of chaos. Because otherwise, yes. the, the structure dies. And it yes. sounds like actually that's what you're talking about.
1: Yes, it's, it's absolutely what I'm, what I'm talking about. It's the difference in an image that there are also used at times. It's the difference uh, between a natural forest and what we refer to. I don't know if, if you have a different name in, in Europe, we refer here as a, as a plantation. So a plantation is where you have trees that you plant yes. to make uh, paper or whatever. Now, yes,
0: a monoculture
1: yeah so there's a there's a difference between those two the the forest is chaotic everything grows where it where it wants to okay Mm -hmm. Uh, where it comes alive where it gets the opportunity and enough what it needs to grow but together they give room for everything to grow until, uh, unless it's a foreign type of plant that will kill it, but if it's indigenous, it will grow together and form a forest, okay. And the forest can sustain life. If you look at a plantation, it's straight lines, okay, it's neat, it's orderly. Now, the question I have about this is which one is alive? Both, both is alive. You I mean- can't, you can't. You can't say the plantation is not alive. But the plantation, in order to make it productive as much as possible, needs enormous amount of maintenance, et cetera, that you put into it. And it needs the structure and the order and so on. So there is a place for that. You get industries that functions in in that way for a reason. I'm not disregarding that that approach. But the chaos that you talk about is so important because chaos is not something you need to create. It's something you need to manage because it will come your way. Um, And more more relevant in the world now than ever, The, the, the leaders that survive these times can handle uncertainty they can be agile they can handle the volatility the complexity and the chaos all right and they they are flexible within their teams flexible to see who will do what in which way in which way would they do it and um and and they just forced into it and then they embrace it okay so with the strength-based approach getting back to that in teams, it is intentional. You give an intentional permission to the team and to everyone in the team to embrace their natural strengths, to make it visible, audible, and publicly known, and to take up a role that, aligns with their position or that runs next to their position to take up that role okay so the one thing that will kill a strength-based team would be a top-down authoritarian structure where the only way to reward people will be in a promotion in a line of management okay um, because and, and unfortunately that's most of the corporate world is like that. You only have one way to go up and it's here. But the recognition in a different in a different manner is non-existent. So in a strength-based team, it is much more in terms of your sustainability built on your strengths and what you have energy and need, and therefore a natural tendency to do anyway. Mm -hmm. you will do it anyway the only thing is we will allow you to do it within the business at work we will allow you within boundaries to be who you are so
0: i just had one thought pop into my mind that's one of my favorite things there's one german researcher his last name is peter and apparently he likes his name a lot because he discovered different things and he always gives it peter names But he discovered the Peter principle of hierarchy, which I think is 100% true, which is um, in hierarchies, you will get promoted every time you do your job well. And you will stop getting promoted when you found a job that's too difficult for you. So you won't get promoted anymore. So in a hierarchy, actually, most people are one position too high for their abilities, skill sets and talents. Yeah. Which is one of the main problems of modern hierarchies is that we have most of the people in jobs that they are not fit for anymore which is why they don't get promoted anymore
1: yes yeah so the peter principle summarized is you get promoted to the level of your incompetence right exactly okay very very true and then what happens then is the moment people recognize that an employee is at a level of incompetence they they push the alarm button, and then they go to skills training. We need to upskill them, okay? So we need to give them the knowledge, the skill, and fast-track the experience in order for them to do it. Sometimes uh, it it may, may give results, and it may work, but um, at most times they end up extremely frustrated because it's – there's not a flow here, and people don't don't go further than, than they should. And it's within that one track mindset that people get stuck. So again, getting back to, to the strength model, it's much more holistic. It incorporates the, the the talents that most businesses or companies or teams will never regard of part of the work the, the work. Uh, environment. Okay. Um, and the classic work environment talents um, will still be relevant, but people won't push it to a level that's more important than others. So if you think about strengths, the the typical talents that people who don't understand this, this concept, they will say, I want a team full of achievers, arrangers, highly competitive strategists must be there um i want visionaries futuristic i need there i need self-assurance i need command and they think that will make a winning team
0: when really i others' also- throats all the time
1: yeah <laughs> 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 absolutely when i When I ask them, what about uh, considering bringing people into the team that's high in harmony, empathy, um, bringing in some connectedness, uh, maybe a bit restorative, deliberative, intellection, they go like, no, 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 you're slowing everything down and you're making it emotional and you, uh, well, yes, I'm not making it emotional, I'm, I'm, acknowledging that you have people uh, that's what i'm doing you're 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 disregarding a factor that's existing in yeah, any you're case.
0: actually you're actually putting somebody in who's capable of dealing with the fact that we all yes. have emotions
1: exactly exactly and that's where the roles the role uh, alignment comes in mm-hmm. um I have over time created even different words to describe the roles than the, the classic strings words. So um, you have the classic strings terminology from Gallup and and that's great to understand the strings. But I, I realized there's, there's, there's different terminology that you can can use to to help people not bring it into a, a one-track mind of, of understanding, you know. Um, so to to bring in a different concepts for them to understand the alignment and then explain to them how you can, in a team that started now, because we start, you said start out of nothing, start with a experimental uh, 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 approach where we give people opportunity to try and fail, to grow and develop to um, you know to to create something new to create a new way of working all right so um, I think I think let me give give real examples um, that I encountered over time where, where this where this absolutely works well. Um, so let me take one example of a, of a sales team that I worked with. So I worked with a sales team of a very successful uh, company, and um, and they obviously, like all companies, they sold specialized products um, to many different types of clients. Okay, like all products are sold to different types of clients. That's also what people sometimes don't get. Uh, you, your clients are unique; they not all come from the same DNA. Um, so uh this in the team you had various different salespeople with different strengths, different abilities, etc. Um, uh, but one uh two of them had very contrasting talents. The 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 one salesperson had very strong command, competition, self-assurance and similar talents which means this person won't take no for an answer this person would confront uh, this person will will come with a with an assertiveness and a strong level of sales and I you know will feel right for you. yeah and you, you'll feel that you're in trouble if you don't buy from him so you'd rather just buy and get him off your case and in, in, in his own way, he's been very successful in sales. Then you had the other person in the same team selling the same products that had an, a, a profile with strong harmony, individualization, includer, very sensing, sensitive, very people-oriented. Okay, um, Someone who does not consider confrontation uh, a, a necessi- necessity, but looked at what do the individual need? And can I make them happy and listening to them, etc. Also very successful uh, in, his, in his own right. So you have success on both ends. But then as I worked with them, um, they had one client who was a very big client of theirs, uh, a key client, um, and this, there's something went wrong with the product, and and this guy was extremely upset with this, um, up to the point that he wanted to cancel um, his, his, his account, he did not want to make use of them anymore, and he was considering to take legal action against the company, so it was a huge deal, a huge deal that got other uh, management involved, because we can't lose this client, He's been with us for many years. We rely on his um, income, etc. Okay. Um, so it was the client of this command person. He he took care of him. So he went to see this client, and every time that he came back from a meeting, the client was even more upset. Okay, <laughs> it's not not that surprising. <laughs> yes. So all he did is he, and he would, he would say, no, I I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm seeing him again and I'm just going to give him, I'll sort him out. Don't you worry. I'll sort this guy out. He's wrong. Okay. And he just went from bad to worse. Okay. Up to a point where this client said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Talk to my lawyers. Okay. Then In the consultation that i had i I sat down with the team and management and i said them, can we try something here okay and what i want you to do because this client won't take your calls anymore uh, let's call the the guy with the harmony approach let's call him john i said i want john to to go and see this guy and when i said that immediately this guy and some other said, no, 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 you can't do that. I said, why not? He said, This this client will will kill John. He will, no, John is. No. And even John sat like big-eyed, why why me? I said, wait, let, let me finish. Um, I said, Listen, I don't want John to go with a solution. John, I want you to go with one thing in mind only. I want you to go. Go to the client, make an appointment with him, and just go and listen. It's all I want you to do. And when I used that, that phrase of going to listen, mm-hmm. John smiled. And John said, I can do that. Yeah, I said, it's all I want. Go listen to him and come back and said what you heard. And they decided it's worth a try. And the, the other guy, let's call him Pete, the strong guy, he said, I go with. I say, you're not going with. You, you stay out of this. And he was very upset. He said, my client, I say it stays your client, but it's also the company's client. So just stay out of it. Okay, so let's fast forward a bit. <clears throat> John, John went and uh, reluctantly, he got an appointment with the guy, He saw him. And, um, and he came back and he gave feedback to them. Yes, what I heard. And he said, the client is very upset. And I think he's got some points. Here's the valid points that he has, and we can address it in this way. And I told him I will take care of this, and so on. And we we can we can look at doing that better. And um, and he's and then the clients, I told the client, I'll get back to him personally on certain aspects, which he did. He got back to him, etc. Um at the end the issue was resolved out of court, the client did not only continue, he became a more loyal client to the company. All right. In through the process and many discussions. And so I got Pete, the strong guy to just turn down his approach completely to against his will, but he was actually forced by management to go to the client and just apologize for his approach and for him not listening. And the client was happy, thank you, you know? And he said, I'm just so glad you guys sent John. John was the first guy who listened to me. And and that, that saved the deal. Now, what happened here? You, you had roles. You had a role that's based on a natural ability a natural ability, and also for for Pete, his ability to, to calm things down was resistant. His harmony, empathy, connectedness, those talents were resistant, low weakness of him. It drained him to do that. He wanted a fight. He loves a fight. He loves to engage, whereas it came naturally to John. John loved to do this. He could do it. He did it naturally. John walked into a room and people would calm down without John saying a word, just by who his presence is different. He does not bring in a confrontational presence. He brings in a harmonic presence. Okay. So typical of an example where you consider strengths in playing a role that's aligned with with your position.
0: And and I mean, in this example, it's actually you have a normal corporate structure you have certain teams you have the sales team and there are different sales people who will fill their role using their natural talents and basically what you're asking is not to get rid of the the understanding of this is your position um, but you ask to make the picture more complex you're saying you have a position and you have more. You have yes. your uniqueness. And once we understand that different people can fill the same position with unique yes. qualities. And yes. different people in the company actually have unique qualities that can help me when I am at, at my end with my talents. I can just yeah. go to them and it's easy for them. And suddenly yeah. we have a second layer of potential in the company that we can move on. Yes, absolutely. So I, I would like just to,
1: to take another example to explain something else. This was an example where people had similar roles, both were salespeople, both had the same knowledge, skill, and experience and the same authority, okay, but a different approach. So that's one, one part of it. Let me give you a real example of where people do not have the, the role uh, the position, but they can play a role. Okay, Um, so in another team that I worked with, um, I worked with the company broadly, but uh, there was this lady, let's call her Michelle, and she was a data capturer in the company. So her job was to sit behind a computer and capture data and et cetera. So she she had a a lot of knowledge about the company and structure and so on. she was very, very frustrated and disengaged because um, although she had the knowledge, skill, experience to do her job well and did a great job, um, her her strong talents were talents like woo, includer, individualization, very relational um, and very influencing. So she loved people and she connected with people immediately. Um, but in her position, she never really got so much interaction with people unless it's in break time or, you know, between work hours and so on. So she was not unhappy because she had the knowledge, skill, experience to do the job, but she relied on her talents out of outside of work, never in work. So she won't bring her natural talents to work. She'll bring her brain to work. And that's it.
0: And and just to for me to understand, probably she didn't have a job that was based on her weaknesses, but more on her, like, eh, I'm okay at this, because otherwise she would have been drained. But it wasn't her talents.
1: Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So she she was great at at doing it, but not, you know, if 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 she had no life outside of work, she would have died. But she depended on relationships (laughs) out of life. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, I, I also uh, worked with a team that had to do with the onboarding of new people, okay? So it was a growing company and they had every month new people coming in and then put them through an induction program of training and showing them around and so on. So when we did that, I saw the, the team that did the onboarding and induction had a brilliant strategy. They like had okay day one people meet there. We we bring in these people. We tell them what it. The CEO has a speech. This one we give them a package deal, etc. But as I observed it, I looked at it and see it's it's extremely informative, but it's completely impersonal. There's no there's no personal interaction here. People get informed, but they don't they don't get welcomed. Okay. So I went to to the management and I told him, listen, are you open to do something different here? Why don't we get someone to be involved just for the three days a month, every start of the new month when new people are here, to have a role of making people feel welcome. It's all they do. They, they're they not going to do training. They're not going to do, they're going to have a role to make people feel welcome. And the, the the manager immediately said no we're not going to afford and not going to create another position i said no 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 i'm not saying create a position i talked about a role yeah but who who have you got in mind in the training team i said nobody i have someone completely different in mind and i said there's a lady called michelle and they said oh yeah everybody knows michelle but she's working
0: <laughs> in data capturing but, you know? but that's that's already a good sign There, everybody exactly. knows michelle
1: Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, but they said, but she's in data capturing and she's actually good and she's been here for years. No, we can't move her. I said, you're not listening to me. I said three days a month. Use her at a role, not a position. And they said, okay, let's give it a go. I went to Michelle and I explained to her. As I explained to her, her eyes lit up. And she said, Will they allow me to do it? I said, they already did. Okay. And she said, Okay, what must I do? And I said, Michelle, all you do, is you, you be yourself, you have no function, you don't worry about the, the process, the process is taken care of, the strategy is done, you make people feel welcome. And she was overwhelmed. She said, Really? I said, Yeah, do that. So she went and the whole atmosphere changed. Okay. Um, and she she brought life to the room. As people showed up, she went with a smile, welcomed them. They would tell her their name once, and she immediately remembered the name. She would ask about their families, about things. She'll remember it. She'll go and show them around, introduce them to all relevant people because she knows everyone. And in that way, the whole Atmosphere and the whole engagement went up completely. Um, in this case, it worked a bit too well uh, because what I've heard later is first, they took Michelle and offered a, a job in this area um, and she took it, but she became frustrated because it was only a small period of time. So she started looking for a job that's more aligned and she left and she went <laughs> to a typical job that's got all of that good for her. A great thing, um, but it's it's an example of how you can apply uh, people outside of a position to the benefit of everyone, and just give them a role. And I actually have a few of these examples, and not in not all the examples do people leave to go to a better place. Um, I have one example of of a um, receptionist. Yeah. It was you, you told that one last time. So I, yes, I, I remember about that one. That one. So, so that's also a great example of it. So it's about an openness to tell people, listen, I'm giving you the permission to play a role outside of your position mm-hmm. to the benefit of all. And, and you don't do it haphazardly. You do it in terms of their talents. I often got, when I did this at companies, uh, you know, managers would ask me, how did you know that they will be such a good fit? And I said, but you have the report, can't you? I mean, this, this stuff is, is real. It's who they are, you know, just trust it and go with it. That tells you where they find energy and what they need. So yeah. so this is now a, a couple of corporate examples, but even in a small team and with limited amount of people, with this type of self and other awareness, you can do exactly the same. There need not be one person who gets the position to work with clients. Someone else can work with clients in a specific setting and someone else. It's actually much easier to do in a small startup out of nothing because everybody has to do everything, right? You don't have the luxury of big teams. So if you align that according to natural talents and play to your strengths, here's the beauty, Lucas. If people get to use their strengths, say one day a week, for example, for the rest of the day of the week, the other four days, they are more than happy to do things that's less energizing and take more energy from them. Because they are filled with this energy they get, you know, so people, people think you must create for someone the perfect job environment. It doesn't exist. We all do stuff that we don't like, as long as we have stuff that energizes us most of the time.
0: Yeah, I, so as I'm listening to you, I think the the one thing where I kind of stumble is that position and role are such close words so in my mind right now i'm a little bit like maybe it's a position and a faculty and we, huh. dis- we discern between position and faculty that's good yes yes that that could also work
1: so uh, i i think that you know the words you can you can look for yeah. what
0: works in a context um but but that's just where my mind is a little bit like it gets yeah. stuck, stuck with the two words but as i'm listening to you i'm trying to also Um, Just look for for an additional example, which is um, most companies or all companies are built around creating some sort of product and or service. And at least from all the companies I know, there's usually two kinds of processes happening side to side. One is maintaining what's already there. And in the maintaining what's already there, we kind of have a more hierarchical structure, because it's about making sure the money, uh, the cash flow is there, making sure that the sales happen, making sure that the product is taken care of, etc, etc. But then there is also the usually, hopefully, because if companies don't do it, they usually die within a few years, um, the the developing new products, improvement, uh, innovation aspect which has a completely different uh, dynamic to it because you cannot maintain innovation. Innovation has to come from surprise. It has to go through different phases. And the the thing I kind of envision as potentially taking the strength-based approach and making it even more relevant is more clearly discerning between those two elements, the maintaining and your position in the maintaining of the company But then your role in the development of the new products, where if you have more activating talents, you would be involved in that in the beginning with developing new visions, finding out ways to do it. And if you have more, let's say, deliberative and uh, restorative faculties, you would be in, oh, there is an idea, but let's look at all the things that are wrong and how we can fix them. And if you have more, more disciplined talents, you are actually in the getting that idea implemented and figuring out a working process that you can maintain then. But that I look at one being more like the pyramid. We maintain what's already there. But then underneath there, we need kind of these processes of innovation that, that can actually use the natural talents and the faculties that people are in Potentially much more uh, deliberative and uh, intentionally.
1: Yes. So, so what you're referring to is also a, a, a model that I created that's called the the work zones of talent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me show you. Let me just share this screen and show it to you. Okay. Can you see the screen? Mm -hmm. Okay. So here you have your talent themes: sustainable energy and need. And then you have four so-called work zones uh, that works with it. You have the launching zone, the cruising zone, the landing zone, and the supporting zone. Mm -hmm. Now, the talents, you have classical talents within each of the zone. You have classical launching zone talent. Classical cruising zone, landing, and supporting zone talents, all right? Mm -hmm. And then you have talents that easily adapt between different zones and can play in more than one uh, at a specific given context or time. The thing, if you look at this, what you just explained as the creative uh, area, the launching zone, it's actually made up of, of three different subcategories. Okay, it is the uh, the, the pre launching zone, which is full of creativity, it's idea based, it is uh, possibility based. Um, it is uh, anything goes, let's let's throw around possibilities if they work or don't work. Here's an idea, here's an opportunity. Then you have a second category there that's, that's called uh, launch preparation. That's where we take the creative ideas and we put them through a couple of processes to see if it's practical, doable, affordable, and we prepare them for launch. Mm-hmm. And then you have the actual launching zone where you take something that's gonna and we actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. And as we launch it, there comes a time where launching gets to an altitude where the launching zone talents lose all interest and energy in in sustaining it. That's the cruising zone. And that's where people take over who loves repetition. They love structure. They love familiarity. They love to go to work and do the same thing over and over and over again. It's autopilot. That's the cruising zone. You apply the talent there that gets energy from that. Similarly, at the landing zone, it is where things heat up a bit. There's things to get to, to put this down, to make it happen, to, to, to get to the goal, etc. So usually Can you, you have an
0: example for the landing zone in a, in a company. Like what would, be, what would be activities of landing zone in a company?
1: landing would be any area where, where the goal is being met. So in sales, that will be the actual sale where it's, mm-hmm. it's handed over, you know. In administration, that would be the final part of the administering and getting to the point, okay? okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's the finishing of it. The, the energy from this side pushes and from that side it pulls, so people with a strong landing zone energy they will want everyone to get to the reality for them it's about results and realities okay Mm -hmm. um whereas in the launching zone it's much more possibilities Mm -hmm. and newness and change and then and and the cruising
0: zone would be activities
1: the cruising zone is not only activities because there's activities everywhere the cruising zone is activities that repeats, mm-hmm. so it is the same things that happen. So, this would be typical talents like discipline, responsibility, consistency. Um, mm-hmm. They maintain the structure. They maintain the process. They see that it happens well and continuously. Okay. Now, now most companies um, will recognize these three zones in their process. But what most companies disregard is the most important one, in my view, the supporting zone. Mm -hmm. Because in the supporting zone is where most of uh, both your thinking and relational talents come from. Up here, you get a lot of influencing themes and executing themes, etc. Down here, you get a lot of responsive talents. They respond from a strategic perspective, an analytical perspective, an intellectual perspective, a contextual perspective. And they respond if needed and called upon, okay? Mm-hmm. If things go wrong or if things change, they called upon. You also over here have a lot of the relational themes. The talents like developer, includer, empathy, individualization, harmony, adaptability. They respond to any of these zones when allowed and when called upon. Okay. And when given permission and mandate to do so. So this will only work if you acknowledge the different roles and when people get involved in it. Right. So for a for a team to function overall, but even within tasks and projects, it's very good for them to acknowledge and be aware of what do we have in a launching, cruising, landing, and supporting role? Who do we have, okay? Here's, here's the interesting thing that I've seen often, and I've seen this with individuals more so, but also with teams. If an individual, Is very strongly talented. And just this morning I talked to someone who's that they are that person is extremely strong talented in the launching zone, which means his whole his whole life is full of startups, newness, ideas, activation. Nothing gets completed or done because over here he loses all energy and he does not have support or people, or collaboration, or partnership in place that can take over from him. There's no alignment in that. Now, usually a strategy in alignment in a company, the mechanics will have an alignment through start to finish. It's a strategic thing. You must have it. But many of them don't consider the interplay between the support and all of them that they should play. The example that I gave of Michelle she had supporting zone talents. And in the launching zone, she went in and she supported with high energy and then moved back. She was called upon. She was given recognition to function there. Her job most of the time was in the cruising zone as a data capturer. But she had more supporting zone talents that could assist there. Um, And and the same with the example of John and Pete. you know, uh, 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 John had typical talents that's all about landing, closing, dealing, confronting. Where uh, I mean, Pete, where John had supporting that could move in and say, let's address this from a different perspective. But he needed what? Acknowledgement, permission, and support to do that. He needed a role to do it and authority to play his role. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's it's actually the supporting zone talents can fill many different uh, positions. They can yes. fill many different, much more so than a launching zone talent. If my yes. talents are in launching zone, I will not be able to fill cruising zone yes. positions very well. But actually yes. I can fill cruising zone through yes. empathy because yes. I, I can use my empathy to do my jobs but then it's more about the connection itself rather than the activity itself.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely. Exactly. And and here's the thing. <laughs> uh, most most people in teams share many supporting zone talents that's not called upon or recognized. They leave it at home. Mm. They, they only have space to play up here. Whereas, especially when things become difficult, especially when there's challenges, you know I when I do a workshop on this with companies, I use the the analogy of um, the Apollo 13 where they went to to the moon and things went wrong. Houston, we have a problem, you know where you literally have launching, cruising, landing at stake. but where things went wrong and the moment it went wrong, the, the lives of the crew dependent on who, on the supporting zone. Intellectual support, emotional support, how are we going to get them home safely? And this whole cruising zone had to step back. They had to sit back and say we can't do anything now. And even the landing was different than planned. Uh, and, 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 and that's where you had them to come in.
0: So the supporting zone is both an intellectual, uh, an emotional supporting zone but it is also a dealing with whatever is happening um, a responding to challenges to unexpected all of that is the supporting zone so yes. the, the launching is trying to create something new to bring in the world but then as soon as we do launch there will be all sorts of Things we didn't expect, and that's actually then we have to deal with that from from our supporting base, which means we have to deal with that emotionally, dealing with setbacks. But we also have to deal with that intellectually, which means thinking about how we can respond to yeah. that. So in a way, the supporting zone is the word "supporting" makes it seem smaller than it is. It's yes. actually it's it's the it's the foundation.
1: It, it's a foundation and in a well-functioning, high-performance team, support is supporting all the time. Mm-hmm. They're supporting all the time. All right. Um, even if it's just check-ins, etc. So, So these are typical, the talents that would respond when allowed. Mm-hmm. And, and you get many people that's got a position in launching, cruising or landing. And they have some talents that makes them good there, but they have other talents that can support. And when they're allowed, they step up and they're allowed to leave this room and go into that room in order to support there. Out of my position, it's not a regular thing,
0: but I'm needed. And when I'm needed- When my facility- when my faculty is called upon.
1: Absolutely. Even just in an advisory way, even if it's just not in most supporting team talents and those strengths, they do not have the need to make a decision. They have a need to be involved in someone making a better decision. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't get. Decision makers are often threatened and intimidated that if I allow someone else in, what does it say about me? Well, what it says about you is you are the one that will make a better decision. You'll be a better leader, just get it. So just use what you have and make a better call because they don't wanna make the decision. If they wanted to make it, they probably would have had your chair, but they want to support you.
0: So so here, here's, here's what just visually, it might even make that graphic you have more powerful if the supporting zone completely surrounds the other talents, because then it's the it's the cruising, though all of them are happening in the supporting zone. You're
1: right. thank you. i'll 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 definitely go and change that. that That would be a better like the, these three swim within the support. Yes.
0: And most company cultures, uh don't see the water they're swimming in. So yes. then so then they're confused why why the why the launching zone always goes left because they don't understand that actually the whole drift of the company is going left. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that is a very uh, powerful way of looking at it.
1: Thank you for maximizing
0: my image. <laughs> that, that is that is my my pleasure. <laughs> But, but i I really also what what you talk about is actually there from how you talk about it, it sounds like there are actually quite a quite a few um, talents that are primarily launching, cruising, or landing. And the vast majority of talents are um, primarily supportive. Yes. So So yep. actually, there will be very few people who are truly built for launching, cruising, or landing, and most yep. people are more built for uh, supporting that.
1: Yes, and and what you then see in practice is that your your natural launchers are mostly also natural entrepreneurs and your natural finishers are more mostly in a top managerial level okay the the that's great but the problem is someone who's an entrepreneur and stuck in launching without awareness they are stuck in one area and they can even confuse that for success I, I worked with a, with an entrepreneur like that who, who assumed that he had success because he's launching all the time. And when I managed to open it up to him and say, you can expand if you add on more to the process, his, his, his whole business changed and expanded because he only had a limited filter of this is where I'm great and I'm energized. But, but if you look at it more holistically, there's a lot you don't see and don't get. And, and what happens, the danger here, Lucas, is sometimes you get uh, leaders that inbreed in leadership. They select people that think, feel, and behave like they do. So they would start a company and then invite people to become part who's also launchers. Mm-hmm. So there's a very fast-paced launching energy, but the wheels come off later on. So it, and, it. and the best teams, are, even the best leadership teams are made up of people who's different, not the same. The best leadership teams that I've seen had classic launchers in leadership, classic cruisers, classic landers and classic supporters. And and they could take the whole company forward.
0: Yeah. So. If we go back to our example, and I think we're slowly heading towards wrapping up for today of um, starting a new company, if I know my build. So number one, if I am the one starting a company, I am probably a launcher (laughs) because otherwise I wouldn't be starting a company. I might also be a a finisher, but it's more probable that I'm a launcher. Um, So it might even make sense to know that and to involve maybe one or two other people who are also launchers so that I don't feel alone with it. But then it makes sense to consciously look out for people who have different talents and different skills, abilities that are made for maintaining, that are made for finishing things so that I don't have to try to do all of that by myself or create a team that's incapable of that. Absolutely,
1: exactly. Um, it, and, and that, in, in my case, I'm I'm also a, a launcher, but I also have finishing. I have very strong intellectual supportive talents. So I'm a supporter, and long, but my problem with launching, within launching, I'm a pre-launcher, not an actual launcher. I come up with ideas and ways, but to get it done and off the ground, I need help. And and then I can't cruise at all. I need collaboration and help to take it through. I can get the idea, then support others as they get there, and then I'm involved in the delivery again. So once I understood that, it also changed my own business because I realized I'm I'm only as strong as my weakest talent that lets me fall there. I need help.
0: I, I I do think when I when I look at myself, I do think I can do all the steps of launching. Also, my activator allows me to get into action quite easily. Yes, but uh, cruising is not what I am made for. And I'm okay. trying to find good strategies and good people around me who can support me with that, because that will never be me. It's not you. No, it's not.
1: Absolutely.
0: So this was very interesting, and for me, I just take this idea of looking at a company through different lenses of the maintenance and the and the creation of new streams of. Uh, of offers, of services, of whatever, and actually looking at them as different elements that need to be managed differently. Okay, absolutely. So I take that as just a thought for further pondering. (laughs) It it seems like
1: uh, our conversations, we must accept it's never ending. (laughs) Never get to a point where you tell me, okay, it was nice to know you now
0: no i i actually really enjoy talking to you because um yeah my sense is that you've you've you have deep experience but you also are thinking about these things in a very creative way you are you are not just taking in theory and then re- regurgitating it but you're actually genuinely trying to understand and coming up with novel concepts and i love that because i think it's it's gen it's genuinely rare to have people who are deeply experienced practically with something and thinking about it novelly
1: mm, okay I,
0: I i i really like that combination because that's where true new thought can actually happen it, it mm. needs the context dependent knowledge as we talked about in the beginning sure sure no
1: awesome thanks lucas appreciate Thank you it <laughs>